Okay, so this is the official kickoff to season two, and I don't even know why we started calling it season two. I mean, we were legit only, I think, 15 episodes in. But what started to happen when we started to kind of pay attention to season two is we wanted to make a couple of changes going forward. One of those things that we wanted to change is the workspace here at Mad Cash's headquarters that we've been using uh, was kind of an empty closet space. I don't even know. What, what would you call this room, Jonah? Yeah, like a, a big storage room. And so we, we wanted to come in. We got it done up right so it actually looks like a legitimate studio. We got Jonah. We brought Jonah on uh, halfway through season one. And so we're kind of giving him a chance to catch up and start putting his own spin on things. So we, we delayed episodes for about three weeks, but we've still been filming. We've still been creating content. In addition to the new setup, we also got a, a new seat that we wanted to implement. A, I'm not, I, I love having conversations with groups and I love having that feeling that there, there's more than just two of us in here. And so for me, I, I wanted to add a special seat so that if Jonah was sitting there, if a friend wants to sit there, I don't really know exactly what I'm doing with this seat. But in the very first episode that we do here with Tyler Shank, we actually brought in my best friend since I was like 13 or 14 years old, Kyle Jones, a.k.a. Cal, a.k.a. Caleb Van Dyke. And we go through where those nicknames came from. It was kind of a funny exchange, but it was fun having somebody in that seat to kind of keep the conversation going. So I would love to know who you guys would love to see sitting in that seat going forward on some of these episodes we filmed with four or five different people now in there from preferred lenders to to friends to people that came with the guests like we're having a lot of fun we've had jonah sit in a couple of times like we've had we've had fun trying to figure out who to put there so yeah love a little bit of feedback as for this episode with Tyler Shank, it was a lot of fun to get in here, get shooting in the new studio, and we come out of the gate pretty hot. We had Van Dyke read a couple of uh, stats that, that kind of talk about how people in the public view real estate agents and it's not pretty and ultimately that's the reason why we wanted to start this this podcast was so that we could highlight the agents that should be trusted and that should be thought about when you're getting ready to make a massive purchase so we're super excited because tyler fits that mold perfectly here we go tyler shank Dude, I'm jealous of the operation here. This is Dude, sick. It's, There's it's, a lot of people It's here. been a long time in the making. Like, it's been a lot of fun. And he's been along with for the entire ride. Like, he's watched everything. So, it's a lot of fun to have him jumping in here because I think that he understands me and he understands what the vision of all of this has been. And he also understands that we, we genuinely believe in the value that real estate agents can create in the process. I love that, man. Right? And so, it's a lot of fun for us to do something like this that gives value for agents and gives value for people uh, that we enjoy working with. Oh, I love right? that. Right? So, like, super excited to have you here. Well, I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. I'm I'm actually going to interrupt and ask you a question Kay. as a very first 13 year old friend, best 13? friend, you said, how old were we? We met in computer technology class in high school, <laughs> sophomore so cool. year. So that's 16 years old. Now we are 29, 30. That's amazing. What was it? Like, when did you guys connect or have you stayed connected and worked together for a long time and just now done the podcast or how has this relationship yeah, developed? We have this? been, so we started we became, well, we've always known each other. We played baseball growing up together. Nice. Um, then we, in high school, we became friends playing solitaire in our computer class. <laughs> so when my wife gets mad, we still play Call of Duty almost all, every day together. That's awesome. Like to this day, like yeah, that. So it's been. I'm going to have to add that to my cool. therapist notes because I need to dig into why. Like that's like a, that's like a unifying factor. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, I can't stop playing video games with this kid. My wife's sitting in here, so she's nice. going to hear that part. But yeah, so then we've we've kind of 
we started working together. Our first job with Edge slash my dad was actually moving furniture from model home to model home. This was like 2009, 2010. So we were 16, 17. We were dumb enough to like get dropped off in a neighborhood in front of a home. And this was at the time, right? Cause nothing was really moving, but my dad realized that if we had staged units, people would buy them, right? This was townhomes in Highland. So kind of a higher end development, kind of a higher end area. And, and the, he was right. His shot, he called a shot and he was right. But what would happen about once every month, it was probably even a little bit more often. That was how they were moving units though, is they would just move furniture from unit to unit to unit, staging it, showing it off and showcasing it. And I think when there was more units on the market, you had to do, you had to give one of them a way to stand out. And that was probably it for him. Mm. Right. So like I, but somebody had to move it and where I'm talking heavy ass furniture. Cause this was just like extra stuff from their house that they didn't have a furniture budget. Right. So this was all just extra furniture that they had from their houses. And it was it was it was rich guy heavy like it was it was <laughs> not like custom, no, custom it was it was not <laughs> ikea not furniture right. i think that's a good way like is that a p I, you're gonna be kind of my pc please is that a good way to describe it that's a good way to describe it that's heavy refrigerators yeah, like you, and we're 15 16 years old and we were getting paid though what do you remember how much we would make because uh, 50 bucks a move to split <laughs> And a box of pizza. And a Domino's pizza usually <laughs> delivered whenever Dad we made a phone you. call to my dad's dad assistant. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, that was kind of our first job. And then we both got promoted at different times uh, to being the sign guys for Edge Homes. Mm. So we wow. both did stints like actually out there in front of the yards, digging out these these the hangman signs that you would see. We would build the four by fours because we didn't have the budget to do full marketing because at that time we were selling two to three hundred houses a year amazing and then we kind of both worked our way up and now we both are full-time sales agents and have been for he's been six years seven years six years and i'm like six months behind him that's dope that's really so cool. you, you've earned your keep in, in edge then it wasn't I, like, here's a sales job you were a freaking mover back in the day yeah that's awesome man. yeah like i we moved the furniture out of uh, out of their office the first time they moved offices and they upgraded offices so yeah not only have like we earned our keep but we earned our keep at like very unique times and getting to see very unique angles of the company before they were edge homes. Right. I can't call them Utah's. Uh, we are the best home builder in the state, I would say. I can't say Utah's number one home builder. That one's trademarked. So. Which is a lie, by the way. Every time I, 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 I can't like, say that. I, I can't. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying there's a trademark logo there for a reason. For sure. uh, and it's not always because you are what you have trademarked. Right. Sure. Right. Did I say that? PC police? That's great. We're good. Pass. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> it's going to be really nice having you in here. Uh, we had a first question that we kind of wanted to jump in and get your take on. Cool, let's do it. So I was doing my continuing education. Um, I have until July 1st, so I was doing it like two days ago, right? Like pro proper real estate agent timing here. Yep. Um, once I finally remembered my passwords and got logged in, <laughs> it was on, it was a three hour code of ethics. Brutal. Not, no, no, don't say that. Don't say that. This is now CE is a good thing. It's no, helpful. Yeah, but it's a, helpful. A much better way it could be structured. That, uh, that's fine. We don't need to get into application sure. and how it doesn't relate to the job. Like I think there's a lot of real estate agents. That's a great point. I think there's a lot of real estate agents that would welcome CE that that it isn't always a value add, and a lot of times it feels like it's a run out of the clock, run the time out of the clock situation. Right. Sure. Um, but it, I, we came across this statistic. Do you still have it pulled up? I've got it. Okay. Right trustworthy jobs, trustworthy professions. Have you seen this statistic? I have not. No. What would you say is of the utmost trustworthiness, upward, utmost trustworthiness as far as professions, most noble? Most noble out of all professions? Keep in mind, this is post-COVID-19, so there's going to be a couple that are maybe bumped towards the top. I'm going to guess doctors probably at the top. Number one? Well, number one, nurses. 
Number two Close. doctors. Close. Number two doctors. Oh, cool. yeah. Right. We 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 love our medical people here. I see. Where Number this three. Is going. Does it say? Uh, pharmacists. Pharmacists. Interesting. Yeah. Have you seen uh, on Hulu? What's that one? What it? What's it oh, called? Yes. Dope sick. Yep. I was obsessed with that one. That so y'all still trust your pharmacist after that? Go watch it if you haven't. The whole system's jacked. So then real estate agents go down the list a little ways. I bet it was like one of the last. What would you say is just <laughs> least trustworthy than us? We're not the worst, but as far as like least trustworthy, less trustworthy than than, than the real estate agent population. I'm going to go with cliche used car salesman. Yep. Car salesman came in where? Well, second to last. Second to last. There's Realtors? one. The, the, Realtors aren't last. Okay, yeah, car okay. salesman. Dang. Okay. What's the last? Door to door guys? Whoa. <laughs> shots fired. Okay. We'll bleep that part out. I'm just kidding. Members of Congress. <laughs> oh, wow. That's insanely true, yeah, so, but brutal. So we're better than those guys. Wow. But we came in the list where? Um, fifth to last. Fifth to last. Just barely beating out what? What was fourth? Beating out lawyers. So we're better than lawyers who also are able to facilitate real estate transactions. But overall, there's a lot of disdain for our industry, right? Part of why we wanted to start the show, and we've ran through this quite a few times, and we, I want to continue to highlight it, and we're going to continue to highlight it. One of the reasons why we started this is because we want to show off the people that are doing it right, the people that are are. Are, we believe in what real estate agents can do in the process. I've seen them work wonders. I've seen them help create massive amounts of value for buyers. And I think that it is still a very needed profession. But I think that too often we get stereotyped with the bottom 20% of the industry. Yeah. right? So I want to know why you think, number one, people might believe that. And then number two, how you run your business to avoid that. For sure. Great question. Honestly, I hate that I have to say this, but it doesn't surprise me. Because I've seen those agents and I've worked with those agents that that statistic applies to. Not to be judgmental or rude, but just seeing how they structure a deal or structure fiduciary duties to their clients. Like, yeah. ooh, you shouldn't have said that. Or, ooh, that wasn't like that wasn't representing your person, you know. Do you think it's ignorance more than anything? <sighs> yeah, I do. I, I think there's a big issue in industry with part-time agents, quite Kay. frankly. Because, uh, and this is probably a cliche answer, but it's like it's such a low bar- barrier to entry. Yeah, so we've talked about license. that. Right. I've heard it so many times. Because it allows people to engage with the mindset in the industry with, oh, let's go make some easy money. Yeah. Which in turn is a selfish mindset. It's about you. It's about your pocket, pocketbook, your, your paycheck, right? So where do you think, where do you think that that general vibe or that general feeling comes from? Why, why is that? Is it like people watching Selling Sunset saying, hey, this is going to be easy? Like, what would you say that that is? <laughs> doesn't help. That's it doesn't, right? <laughs> I watched one episode. I was like, all right, real estate show. I'm intrigued. I like million dollar listing, right? I watched it. I was like, this is God awful. This isn't it. Awful. This is not about. <laughs> yeah, this isn't whatsoever. it. So like, what are some of the other ones that you like watching? Um, I like Million Dollar Listing. Ryan Serhan. Yeah. Ryan Serhan's nice. I do like Ryan's content and what he's doing. Before I ask this next question that I'm dying to know, yeah. will you go live on TikTok for us? So just throw it up on that phone. Make sure Bluetooth's on, and then um, you have a tripod right there that just opens up with your hand. Call asking questions of real estate agents. You have like ten thousand followers on TikTok. Yeah, I saw that. Good for you. Yeah, appreciate it. I like. Use I use it more, but <laughs> I, I've been shocked at like some of the numbers. So like, keep pushing on it because it's it's it. a good space to do it. It is. Um, so not necessarily when you were in your first year, but before. What were you doing? What were you? Uh, were you selling stuff? Like what? What did life look like for you before you were licensed? You've been licensed how long now? Uh, I think coming up on seven years now. So seven years. So you and you're thirty. 
29. 29. So what were you doing at 22, 23? And personal then what? Training. And then why real? Okay. Yeah, personal training. Yeah, you used to do like bodybuilding stuff, right? I was obsessed. Okay. Yeah. My ego was uh, definitely trying to compensate for insecurity back <laughs> in the day. So working out of the gym six days a week, two hours a day, and actually became a personal trainer because that's what I, my passion was at the time. Yeah. You know, which is really cool to see kind of reflecting back in life at this point. So it's like, oh, I was doing the same thing, just a different industry, you know, taking care of people, supporting their goals, and helping them get from where they're at to where Set they are. Set that be. down somewhere comfortable. You don't have to hold it. We don't both have to be in the shot. We'll set it you down somewhere that's realistic. You just participate in this conversation, please. <laughs> He's. We don't need to reveal our guest yet, but we're going to get his answer so that people feel like they want to go. I like that. Let's go with that. Interesting. We're going. Okay, we're going. All right. Yeah. So, what personal training? You found a, a love of like working with people. I'm guessing for sure. Right, and adding value and creating that value for them and helping them maybe do something that they didn't think was possible. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite question, whether it's personal training or real estate, was what does this client want or what does this person want and how do I help them get there? What's the what's the gap and how do we bridge that right now today? Or how do we start the process of bridging that gap? Right? Well, so why real estate then? So I had done it before personal training for one year in Florida. Selling? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was an agent in Florida and learned how not to do real estate. I was with a mentor and team lead at the time who was just kind of the Hitler real estate. Not, not in a negative way. That's a bad way to put it, but... He was just so committed to his craft, and his craft was cold calling. Right? Yeah. So he had to show up in the office in Florida, super hot, humid place in this tiny-ass little box of an office. We were uh, mandatory dress code, you know, shirt, tie, button-down boots, but we weren't leaving the office. We were just making calls all day, and he believed that if you look good, you'd sound better on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I can, I can see that okay. to an extent, but that's extreme, Yeah, I can right? buy into it a little, a bit, little but bit, but I don't think that that's what determines the phone call, right? Right, right. It does help with confidence, but anyways. Um, so long story short, I did that for about eight months in Florida, just cold calling, literally made, I don't know, my little story back in the day that my uh, friend would tell is like, I made 360 calls in one day at one point. So I was just so committed to trying and making it work. Right. Long story short, I hit a point. I was like, this is just not working. I'm not happy. It's not, it wasn't great leadership in hindsight. So I, uh, missed my family, missed my friends here in Utah and decided it was time to move home and, um, didn't really have a plan of what I was going to do. Long story short, after uh, processing life and thinking about what I want to do. Fitness was my biggest passion. I got into personal training at that time. And then fast Were forward. Were you excited to get out of real estate? Yeah, very. Dude, and if TikTok has any questions that they want to ask him about this, Van Dyke can kind of read them in a little bit, but yeah, I, but, but kind of keep going down that. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's my question. Like, were you excited to get into it Super or get out of it? Excuse me. Super excited. I burned myself out the way I was doing it at that point. Right. We were literally dialing for 12 hours a day and any time you take a break, I was like, Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Get back, get back on the phone. I was like, dude, I'm a human being. Let me relax for a minute. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I remember one of yeah. the first days doing that was with one of my, one of my best friends at the time. Cause we were both on the same team <clears throat> and he, him and his dad kind of got me into it. It was like the first week of cold calling, actual cold calling. You don't know your scripts. Your brand yeah. industry is so uncomfortable. These people are not nice on the phone. <laughs> well, it's it, it's a very intrusive practice, oh, right? And, and I don't. Yeah. I, we're not trying to get into what works best and what doesn't. I just I have never had success, and it has been a very very small portion of my business, if it ever is, right? There's a right and a wrong way to yeah. do any aspect of the industry, right? And I just I'm not good at that kind of thing. I don't I don't like sales, and that to me is too salesy for my personality. So anyways, we go to lunch, me and my buddy, and we're just sitting there at Subway, and we are so depressed, and we are so sad. We're like, what the hell are we doing? This ain't it. <laughs> that was week one. We did yeah. it for eight months total, right? But anyways, so long story short, decided to pack up all my belongings just very spontaneously. I was like, I'm done. This is not it. Let's go home. And that was a six-day road trip by myself back to Utah, and it was one of the most fun times of my life because I felt so free 
yeah and just like choosing you were relieved to get out of doing that so happy yeah so i was like that wasn't it but i'm choosing to whatever might be it right yeah so anyways to personal training for it was like eight to 12 months somewhere in that time frame and actually had a client that was a personal training client at the time she was in real estate i can't mention any names here necessarily but um pretty successful agent and she heard my story was like look come do real estate again you did it the wrong way. Let me show you the right way, which was referral based and actually taking care of your people, you know. So um, I just was at a, at a crossroads. And <laughs> yeah, what made you go into real estate from there? I burned myself out of personal training. Okay. <laughs> and it's so funny looking back. So I was, I was uh, getting ready, prepping for a bodybuilding show. And you're you, through that process, you're slowly killing yourself. It's yeah. Just, it's not healthy, right? So, so you were competing yourself at the same time as doing the personal training. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. right. And it's just what do you think it was about personal training that that made you go that intense with it? I was I kind of made a joke earlier, but insecurity, uh, severe insecurity to myself. So I was addicted to fitness because that was the one thing in my life I could control at the time, and I actually saw results from. So naturally led into okay, well I like working out. Let's go help other people work out, right? Well, and then I think the value that you were creating for your clients was real time, saying, "Hey, this is what I'm doing to to do this." Oh, for sure, right? Like it was uh, you were able to authentically give and just say, "This is what's working for me," and people would want to listen to that. I'm guessing, oh, dude, right? Absolutely. And it's like I would have so I had so much fun with my clients. Like we were laughing the entire workout, having fun. I do squat jumps with them when they were yeah. live, and just like I could connect with people on a real level in something that I love doing. And it's like, I got you. I know it hurts. Well, let's keep going. I'm right here with you. Yeah. You know? Which is cool. Cause I can now kind of translate in a different way in my transaction with my clients. Where it's like, Hey, the market's nuts. There's 37 offers on this house, but I've got you. Let's go. We're going to win this thing. And we do, you know, so kind of took a few segues there, but anyways, yes, I was competing with the bodybuilding show, super exhausted, kind of right place at the right time at that point where someone that, that, uh, ex, uh, team lead, I should say, invited me to go do real estate again, got me involved, got me into the mindset. I said, why not? Let's do it. Personal training has been great, but I'm working again, 12 yeah. more days. And I was like, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's only so much money you can make doing this. And I'm kind of burnt out once again. So let's stop burning myself out. So jump ship and got my license again here in Utah and haven't looked back since. So then in that very first year, what did it actually look like? Cause it, you kind of have a unique perspective where you tried this twice and I'm guessing in two very, very different oh, ways. Completely different yeah. Now. So how did that second way go and, and, and how does that kind of direct or, or like push your business today? Great Cause question. I'm guessing it was heavily influenced now, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I literally like grateful for that person to this day for showing me the different ways you can be in real estate successfully. Uh, because it was and is much more focused around the person themselves and, um, you know, not the sale, not cold calling until you find the person ready to sell. It's like, hey, who do I know? And how can I take care of them? Even if it's not related to real estate right now, because real estate's such a cool industry, such a unique thing that if it's not today, it's going to be six months from now. If it's not today. It's going to be five years from now. But hopefully I'm the guy, you know. So um, to give you a real world application, it, it looks like things like, you know, random handwritten cards or random birthday present drop by to their office. Say, hey, happy birthday. I'm thinking of you. You weren't expecting this. Right. Thank God. for did, Were you were you taught this by this lady that brought you over? Was this or did they just kind of give you the freedom to build your business how you wanted it to be done with with a little yeah. instruction here and there? A little bit of both, because I, so I saw the initial thing she did, which she's very heavily focused on like client appreciation events. Um pop buys, you know, dropping people's homes and, and taking them gifts or whatever. To be fair, I learned how to do it, but also took it my own way because I also saw how not to do it. Like she would take 
gives to people, but then I'll like take pictures, like make them take pictures in yeah. the living room with her to post on Facebook. I'm like, that's all. It about felt inauthentic, right? In their home now, like, come yeah. on, right? So it's a little inauthentic, but that's how it's what worked for her. So I've kind of just molded that in the same way. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna yeah pop by and give you a gift. I'm gonna stand in your doorstep, say hi, and then I'll leave. I'm not gonna come in, my ho- in your house and take a picture with you. Right? Yeah, because that's not that's not the vibe for you. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it's, it, I want to make sure you have to feel taken care of authentically, or else I'm doing something wrong. And I feel like I'm a pretty sensitive person emotionally and just kind of can sense people's vibes pretty well. And I can sense when it's like, this is BS, get out of the way. It's like, I just, I cringe in those, that environment. So I can't, I don't want to facilitate that. That makes sense. Yeah. So where do you then focus on creating the value for buyers? Like what is the, what is the actual process that you're going through look like? Is there anybody from tech? Do we have any TikTok questions from the back? We do. Okay. Speaking to the mic, please. What? I got it. Clean it up a little bit because there might be some steps a young person can take to get into real estate investment. Ooh, love that question. I love investing. Real estate is such a powerful tool. Yeah. Powerful tool. I would say define the niche of investing you want to do because there's there's, there's a lot of legs of real estate investing. Yeah. Are you going to do residential long-term rentals? Are you going to do short-term rental properties? Are you going to do wholesaling? Are you going to do flip and hold? Burr method? You know, there's so many different avenues. You got to kind of define what one you want to pursue then go balls out pursuing that. Um, Do you have a favorite right now? I would say long-term holds myself just because I don't, I've thought about doing Airbnb on property I'm getting right now. Actually, but I'm like, it's so much work. I don't want to deal with the headache of the turnover and systems. I'm just like, Eh, let's just create some cash and let it sit with a good family. You know? Yeah. And I think that this, this strategy is probably ideally targeted towards people that are starting at a younger age, right? Meaning where you have time on your side for property values to do whatever they're going to do. Really, you're not looking to make, you're not looking, if you get an extra three or $400 a month on cash flow, it's not changing your life, right? You're not looking to live on this income. This long-term hold strategy is a fantastic one. Yeah. Usually it's going to require the least amount down to get to get started right Mm -hmm. because you're not worried about how long you're financing or what uh, the amount that you're financing is so there's some great options um but but like that is that's what my approach has been to and and it's allowed us to i i think we will close on our fifth rental property this month it's awesome if our loan officer gets everything done whoever it is get on it first colony mortgage (laughs) shout out shouting you out but get the deal done. shout out (laughs) No, that's dope. To answer the question more directly, though, I would say buy your first home. Go buy your first primary residential home, live in it for a year or however long works for you with the intent to live in it because you have to, right? But go pay 3.5% down, maybe 5% down to get in the house and do a rinse and repeat model every two, three year, whatever. And move up. And and to kind of take that a little bit deeper, the way that the financing side of that works Mm -hmm. is that once you have a lease agreement on the place that you, on your very first one, and you're getting ready to go move into your second one, owner occupied is called house hacking. When you go to make that second jump, they need a lease agreement for the prefer or for the lender just Mm -hmm. to say, Hey, I, I'm renting my unit out. Here's my monthly payment. Here's my lease agreement. And that payment doesn't count against you. It really is a a unique way where people can go and pick up multiple properties with a 20% down payment. And it's so powerful, dude. I'm literally helping someone close tomorrow on a new purchase in Daybreak. It's their second home. Helped them buy their first one six years ago. And they're doing this exact model. They, I estimated their, their property would rent out according to other comps, just on rentler.com or whatever for about 2,700 a month, which was like a healthy amount for that, what their mortgage is. Right. 
it rented out for $3,200 a month from some family in New Jersey. So our market yeah. is so interesting right well, now. Well, and especially, too, because what pushes, and, and I got into this conversation with somebody from California, and they were asking what their market's going to do. And I think the shift that we're seeing is going to be very market-specific. Yeah. Where I think in, in 2008, I'm sure that there was hot areas still, still moving units, but I think what happens now is going to be very market specific and market driven, right? right? If you had a ton of value, but you had a ton of people and a ton of need and a ton of demand issues that were pushing those values up, you're going to continue to not probably not see a ton of price decreases. For sure. Right. Dude, like people overcomplicate the market and everyone asks like, Oh, is the market going to crash? Is it, should I buy a house? Should I not? It's like, guys, keep it simple. Simplify yep. it. Where's the demand? Yep. Do people still want homes in Utah? Yeah, our economy is growing very rapidly. So human beings adapt. It's a natural part of our personality and just our, our animalistic brain, right? Yeah. We are forced to adapt because we want to be comfortable all the time. So if the interest rates shoot up to 8%, guess what? We're going to adapt to figure out how to make it work, whether it looks like price reductions. I don't think it's going to be too heavy in our market. Or it looks like interest rate buy-downs to get the rates more comfortable space. Like there's yeah. creative moves and, and plays we can still do to adapt to make things comfortable despite what the market's doing. Well, I, I think that the other thing that's super important to point out too, that that rents always trail what purchases are, mm-hmm. right? And nobody's been talking about what's been happening in the rental market at the same time that homes have been appreciating. But the rental market has also gone up. And, and so if everybody that that is currently actively shopping for a house all of a sudden reduces, they yep. still need a place to go because of the demand driving the main issue. Right. Right. So if all of a sudden that demand goes from purchasing market to all of a sudden rental market, rental prices are not going to stay stagnant. Oh, dude, the rental market's even crazier today yep. as we speak than the purchase market. I, my personal philosophy on buying is we have not seen a better time to buy in the last three years in our market. And the last three years, as you know, have been freaking absurd. Crazy. Busiest Utah's ever seen in the history of Utah, right? So the reason being is like everyone's got fear right now because it's a change. It's a shift that we've been needing for a long time. But where there's change, there's opportunity. So if you're looking for the opportunity, you'll find it, right? So but I think that that's super important. And that's, that's something that a lot of people, I think, put a priority on. And everybody stresses it a little bit differently. Everybody builds that trust just a little bit differently based on what I think their skill set is. And that's what I love about real estate is that it's so open-ended, right? They, like you said, it's good to be or it's easy to be good, which means that there's a lot of very authentic ways to be really good at real estate. And it's not one type. Okay. There might be one type that is more dominant and, and the personality is out there more but there are a lot of successful real estate just doing the exact opposite of whatever you see and having equal amounts of success Absolutely. right so what does that look like for you what does it look like for clients what what would you say that you do uniquely within the process that makes you great and good at what you do i would say i structure these touch points with my my soi my sphere of people in ways that get me excited so it's authentically excitement's authentically coming through. What right? does that look like? So we got a client appreciation event coming up in end of August. We're doing a... Which is a very common thing. Let's yeah, just say, like, sure. if you... Uh, bare minimum to enter here. If your real estate agent isn't providing a client appreciation event for you of some sort, get a new realtor. <laughs> right, so that's the thing. It's not... It, the client appreciation event is nothing new. Like, it's not unique to me by any, by any means. But... I get so excited about those because I get to see all my people. I get to give them big hugs. We take pictures and that's exciting for me. So here in about a month, I'm going to start calling every single one of my per- my people directly and saying, Hey, Fred, so good to talk to you. How's life? How are the kids? Guess what? We have a client appreciation coming up, er, event coming up. We're going to Calabunga Bay right now, the whole place for you guys. Please come and love to see it. And they're like, are you kidding me? Let's do it. Love. Can't wait to see it. Right. And it's like, I'm talking to a friend. Yeah. That's fun. Like, wait, this is work. I guess so, but it doesn't feel like it. Right. So it's one avenue. Um, again, gifts. Like I got brought you a little gift today. It's just yeah. Like no, no, I appreciate that. Oh, of course. That's my, the first. 
Is it? Yeah. Nice. No, so like that, if that says a lot about that, I mean, d- just how Tyler approaches business. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. It's, it's in a positive way, it's selfish because th- my love language is gift giving. Yeah. Right? So it's like, that's how I want to let you know I, I appreciate this opportunity today and it's good to see you. And here, I want to make sure you're taken care of. Here's what I like getting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just how we do. We appreciate I like, ooh, Can we make sure we clip that, please? Because we're going to. We're going to shout that out that everybody needs to bring. Do you have any preferences as far as gifts? No, I'm good. I'm good. Rolex. You like Rolexes? Whoa. <laughs> no preference? No. Okay. That's funny. We will play Call of Duty with you, though. How will about that? please invite guests like, but you need to bring me a gift. Yeah. I need an Xbox controller. <laughs> I'm going to start bringing my wife's shopping list. I'm kidding. That's a joke. Jonah, cut uh, that part out. Uh, but, yeah, but, like, what is that uh, just uh, so – where does because when you were when you're bodybuilding and when you're teaching people how to do that when somebody breaks right when they don't have as much uh, when they when they cheat the system and they have a cheat meal or they do something right there there has to be a certain level of steering and, and i think that this is something that has, okay don't say steering can't call it steering <laughs> real estate school man they didn't teach okay you back it up <laughs> that's really funny you we're not steering pc uh, not we're not saying steering. What you're going to do is you're going to take a red liner. No. Okay. Some <laughs> realtor know, humor. Some realtor humor. Um, <laughs> it's impressive you remember those terms. <laughs> uh, well, I've been reminded a couple of no, I'm just Continue kidding. education. Um, right. yeah. yeah. No, I, I paid attention to the ethics, so that's why I know all that. What, what would you say, though, because the really good real estate agents, I would say, in the last two years got really good at coaching, got really good at, like, working through the reality and, and, and explaining to buyers what the market was doing because yeah. it was a hyper-aggressive market. I think that, that that's a skill set that a lot of the top agents have. What does that look like for you? Because I'm guessing when somebody... Like, you have to be a realist, I think, to be a very good real estate agent. Absolutely. What, how did those conversations go with you? Great question. So it starts with setting expectations, you know. Um, I like to set up buyer consultations, as I know a lot of good agents do. But you set up the consultation to meet face-to-face, in person. We're not going to do some BS phone call. We're not going to do it. Hey, let's go see homes first, then talk to you later. It just gets too convoluted. So yeah. you meet. If you're serious about buying a home, you will come meet me, meet me at my office or Starbucks near you, whatever works best. And let's talk about the market and set your expectations for what that looks like. I personally like to bring uh, example offers with me of winning offers that helped other clients. Obviously, scribble out names and yeah. in, uh, personal information, but but it's real. Like, that's real time data, right? That's like real time yeah. in the market. This is what's happening. For sure. And it was kind of a cool uh, timing for me at myself speaking. But I just bought another home myself. I don't know, eight months ago or whatever yeah. it was, and I had to beat thirty-five people for that home. Like it was at the height of everything, quite frankly, right? So. Uh, and arguably at the worst time to buy if we really are in that shifting market, right? Well, that's what people think, but it's already up a hundred grand from there. And I don't yeah. think we're going to see a decline personally speaking. Even yeah. if we do, the payment's comfortable to 2.675. And that's what nobody's rate. talking about is that I don't think we're going to have the foreclosures and the bankruptcies because right. prices would have to go down, at least in our market with what my personal average purchase price was last year, over 120 transactions. Right. That 550, which was my average last year, would have to drop to about 425 to 430 for the monthly payment to be the same as what people closed at at 555 65 right. 70 right. with a three percent interest rate for sure right, right? and that's not that's people are going to stay in their house and even though their equity is gone it's invisible money at times for sure and it's like most people aren't tapping into their equity and so they don't have to right money. yeah they don't have to they should though yes like, dude, they absolutely cool should tool to leverage, yeah. but we'll go into that later but yeah as long as the payment's comfortable you know you should always have always have some sort of reserves don't freaking you know spend everything you have just to get a house have some comfort comfortable uh, uh rainy day fund going just to be sure 
But if you do and you're still you still employed, having cash flow income coming in, and you can afford that payment for six to twelve months, if you had no more money coming in, like you'll be fine. So opinion. you're advising people to buy right now? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying. I'm literally waiting for the clear to close today on another property for myself. Good for you. Are you so moving into it? No, it's it's a commercial. commercial Sweet. Property. Yeah, I have a weird obsession with like commercial warehouses. So like, you remember Rob Dyrdek's Fantasy Factory? Yeah. Yeah, I'm buying one of those right now. <laughs> Okay, we're going to have to come by. Oh, dude, that's why I want this in the corner of my own set. I'm like, dude, I'll have you over. Let's help you out, for sure. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun to collaborate on. That'd be cool. So if somebody wants to work with you or get a hold of you, what's the best way to do it? 801-833-2880. We'll pop this up on the screen all nice. (laughs) It'll look good. Please. But yeah, I mean, obviously, anyway, you know, my my website's myhometeamre.com. Instagram, Facebook. Facebook's probably the best one, but or just text me or call me anytime. Okay, sweet. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show. We had a lot of fun. Happy to be here. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you, Kyle.